Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we won't be checking our likes and loves, and we won't be perched on the edge of our seat waiting for positive feedback or verification that we're doing, saying, or acting accordingly. Instead, we will be content with the discovery to better understand our need for validation. Recognition or affirmation that a person or their feelings or opinions are valid or worthwhile. Why do we need someone else to make that declaration for us? Why do we look to others for approval? It's true. Even if you try and say it isn't, all people want to be liked. So where is the edge from being accepted to needing acceptance? An important part of this self-discovery journey is to understand who you are and why you need or want certain things. From the physical to the emotional, through your strengths and your weaknesses. What makes you tick and what can you do to be self-satisfied while connecting with others in a healthier way. Everyone loves a compliment. Okay, well, maybe not everyone. Some people are shy and uncomfortable receiving or giving compliments, but it's nice to be appreciated and valued. You take the time to get dressed up or make a delicious dinner or put an extra shine on the spring cleaning, and it would be nice if it doesn't go unnoticed. That seems like a normal give and take for humanity, right? Right. But what makes us take it too far? What causes us to crave more than a simple thank you, you got this, or I love your hair? You're going to hear a lot of different angles on the topic of validation. From why we crave it to how to distance ourselves from what can be an obsessive need. So let me tell you why I felt it necessary to explore this topic. I'm a little worried, frankly. I feel like I've reached a level of maturity which helps me step back and observe things as they happen versus being in the thick of it. Some might say being on the fringes is risky because you're too far away from the action to have a real opinion, but in this case, I think it's best. Social media and the internet in general have given the normal human being more exposure than we've ever had in history. Everyone can be seen and heard if they choose to be. Look at me. Listen to me. I'm over here. And instead of it being a one-way conversation that a soapbox might create, they're looking for feedback, agreement, encouragement, and validation. We know it, and yet we feel compelled, almost guilted, into participating. You see a new profile pic of a friend of yours. What do you do? Great pic. You're so beautiful. Love your smile. Stunning. Gorgeous. Like, like, like. Love, love, love. Feels pretty good when it's happening to you, right? Let's be honest. Let's explore the feeling to find the threshold. Gatika Sachadev relays an expert's advice on why do some people need constant validation in her article for healthshots.com. Have you noticed that certain people are forever in the need of being praised by others? Why is validation so important for them? Over the years, the concept of validation has come to the forefront more so due to the surge in social media. 
The moment you upload a picture or a story on a photo sharing or video sharing platform, the desire to be liked and appreciated takes over. Of course, not in the case of everyone, but this is what such platforms feed on, the insecurity of their users. So what exactly is validation and how can it hamper your life? And why is it that certain people require it more than others? Dr. Preeti Kochar, counseling psychologist, shares her view. Emotional validation involves understanding and showing acceptance for another person's feelings. When people receive this type of validation, they feel that their emotions are not only seen and heard by others, but that these feelings are also accepted. If a person feels that their thoughts, feelings, and emotions are not heard and understood, they may be left feeling isolated and unsupported. This, over a period of time, may trigger insecurity in some individuals whose sense of self-validation may be lacking and may turn them into validation addicts. Known as approval addiction, this behavioral health condition is defined as an intense desire to win the approval of those around you and avoid feelings of rejection at all costs. Dr. Kachar explains, people crave attention for a variety of reasons, including normal emotional development, low self-esteem, and in some extreme cases, the presence of personality disorders. Emotional, social, and physical reasons typically are behind a child's attention-seeking behaviors. It's not inherently bad. In fact, we all begin life in a state of complete reliance on external validation. As children, we rely on it to learn appropriate behaviors. As adults, it's a necessary part of tribe life. You need to be able to take instructions and constructive criticism from others in order to collaborate with peers. The problem occurs when outside approval becomes your be-all and end-all. Neither is it healthy to completely askew the opinions of others. If your boss asks you to make some changes to a project you may have submitted, or if a professor suggested a different angle for your essay, would you completely ignore the feedback? It's not about agreeing with someone or accepting their thoughts as your own. It's about being able to accept these thoughts and experiences as being valid. Validation is part of being interdependent and relying on feedback and encouragement of others around us. It's all about balance, knowing when to take healthy, constructive feedback from others while not relying completely on outside approval for your sense of self-worth. But there's also more to it. Conversely, invalidation is one of the most damaging forms of emotional abuse. What's scary is that it can be one of the most subtle and unintentional abuses. Invalidating a person's feelings and emotional experience can make them feel like they're going crazy. Dr. Kachar says stonewalling involves refusing to communicate with another person, intentionally shutting down during an argument, also known as the silent treatment, can be hurtful, frustrating, and harmful to the relationship. Seeking validation beyond a healthy, constructive limit is defined as attention-seeking behavior. 
This is commonly seen on social media nowadays. Attention-seeking behavior can include saying or doing something with the goal of getting the attention of a person or a group of people. Examples of this behavior could include fishing for compliments by pointing out achievements and seeking validation, being controversial to provoke a reaction, exaggerating and embellishing stories to gain praise or sympathy, pretending to be unable to do something so someone will teach, help, or watch the attempt to do it. Attention-seeking behavior may also be driven by jealousy, low self-esteem, and even loneliness. Self-esteem is a broad term covering a variety of complex mental states involving how you view yourself. When some people believe that they're being overlooked, bringing back the lost attention may feel like the only way to restore their balance. The attention that they get from this behavior may help provide them with the feeling of reassurance that they're worthy. Loneliness can result in an urge to seek attention, even in people who don't normally exhibit attention-seeking behavior. Feeling insecure in your relationship from time to time is completely normal. However, if you find yourself and your partner exhausted by your constant need for reassurance and your daily life impacted by it, you may have a condition known as Relationship OCD or ROCD. If you regularly seek such validation, it might escalate to become your need. It might start affecting your everyday choices. Your sole goal might change into pleasing people around you, even if it conflicts with your internal values and feelings. So how do you break this cycle? Dr. Kachar says an effective first step in breaking the need for validation from others starts with understanding the type of validation you're seeking. Do you want to be acknowledged through social media? Are you interested in hearing that you are one in the group, the best one at work, the ideal spouse, or perhaps the greatest parent? Learning to recognize when you're seeking validation from external sources is the first step. By acknowledging this behavior, people can choose a more effective option. Breaking the cycle and learning to look internally for validation. Some good ways to start are take a social media break. I know we're going to hear this over and over during this show, but we all know it's true. Getting off social media is a great place to start. This eliminates any comparison with others or the anxiety and stress about how your picture, post, or comment is being seen and received by others. Be mindful. Look carefully at what you're doing. Look for improvements and make a record of these either as a mental note or in a journal. This is self-validation that helps you acknowledge your own abilities, talents, and skills. Don't ask for validation. Instead of seeking validation from others, ask yourself first. If you do receive validation, encouragement, or acknowledgement, recognize the praise and acknowledge it, then stop. Don't seek to ask others or seek out others for validation. Keep in mind that validation is not a bad thing in life. It's affirming the positive. It only becomes problematic when it becomes the focus of all you do. 
I remember the first time I went to a support group meeting. For those who aren't familiar, your standard support group format is no crosstalk. Each person has a chance to share in a safe, secure, and judgment-free zone. Participants who are listening aren't allowed to say anything, give any feedback, or show body language that could be conceived as judgment. Now imagine being a codependent, where your need for validation is a deeply rooted compulsive behavior. I almost didn't go back. Hello? Is this thing on? Anyone have any advice for me? (laughs) The exact reason I was there. Now there's the irony. But I did keep going back, and their motto was true. Keep coming back because it works if you work it and you're worth it. Oh, now, I still ask Matt how much he likes anything I cook, and I tend to rely on a consensus versus just going with my initial gut feeling, but I'm getting better. Alexandra Sliepsevik explains why you need to stop seeking validation and start thriving in her article for lifehack.com. Validation is the desire to have someone else's approval or agreement with what you say, believe, or do. Humans are naturally social creatures. We thrive in a community and therefore have a strong desire to belong in that community and seek validation from it. You may think that's perfectly normal, and it is. We've already learned this. But where things get a bit blurry is when we start to base all of our decisions as well as the course of our life on a collective agreement from others. A simple example would be making a decision and asking your friends and family the usual question. Do you think that's a good idea? We already know the idea is good, but we seek validation and agreement from our social circle. Although we do value others' opinions and how they shape our perspective, we're much more motivated by external validation than our own input. The deeper question here is, why? The power of outside influence. It all comes down to the idea of belonging in the world, in your community, in your circle of friends, and your family. When we have the sense that we belong, our love for others and ourselves skyrockets. The love fuels our self-esteem, and it also motivates us to be better and do better in the world. How can that be bad? This builds up to what psychologists call self-actualization. This term refers to our own ability to realize our fullest potential and develop our skills and talents to serve that potentiality. In other words, it's our launch pad into limitless possibilities because we finally believe we're worthy of them and have what it takes to accomplish them. How does this connect to outside influence and validation? Well, the psychologist who coined the idea of self-actualization, Abraham Maslow, believed that to achieve this highest level of awareness, our basic needs first needed to be met. Those include primary needs, such as food, shelter, water, and safety. But he also included basic psychological needs, such as the sense of belonging, love, and healthy self-esteem. It's no surprise that any gap in these basic psychological needs leaves us open and vulnerable to rely on others for validation. When our self-esteem suffers and we don't believe in our own power, we turn to our community for help. 
In every sense, this is a wise decision. After all, our communities are there to help support us and lift us up when we're feeling down and out. However, there exists a fine balance between asking for advice and depending on it to chart the course of our life. When we begin to depend on this validation as the primary driver, we're turning over the power of our entire life. We already know that depending on validation from others disempowers us in living our own life. But what are some effects of living a validation-seeking life? It's important to recognize these as red flags so that we can avoid them. Remember, knowledge and observation are power. When we're constantly seeking approvals from other people, we're only paving way for more anxiety and depression in our life. We may seek validation from others personally, such as conversations or groups. Most often via today's technology, we seek validation online, such as in social media posts and engagements. Anxiety and depression begin to play a part when we either don't get enough validation from others or when we're anxiously and addictively waiting to receive it. Not only does this continue to strip us of our own power to make decisions, but it also adds unnecessary stress to our life. It may sound like this probability is scarce, but almost 70% of the U.S. population uses social media actively. With the features available on platforms like Facebook or Instagram, we're constantly validating each other. For the record, this isn't to say that social media is the culprit. It's simply a magnifying glass to a root cause that has always existed. Another notable factor to consider is that receiving advice does not come in neutral packaging. When we're intent on making choices based on other people's opinions, we're also taking on the experiences of other people. Lastly, and most importantly, seeking validation disconnects us from listening to our own intuition. Our decisions are best left to ourselves and listening to our gut feeling when thinking of how to proceed. It's all right to ask for help when we need a fresh perspective on something, but we ought to be careful to not let that support become a crutch. When we listen to our own intuition, we're also practicing deep trust within ourselves. So how do we kick the validation game and thrive? First and foremost, we need to turn inward to our own basic needs and see if they're being met. Do we feel a healthy sense of belonging where we are in our life? If not, what or who is standing in our way? Are we equally receiving and giving love? And more importantly, how are we nurturing love for ourselves? These are deep and important questions to consider and ones that guide us further towards our self-actualization. Feeding our self-esteem is a potent practice of fully stepping into our own power again. This may look like removing ourselves from certain social circles where we feel peer pressured or minimizing our social media use altogether. Another powerful practice is meditation. This is a sacred ground for developing our intuition and trusting what comes up. 
We've often heard that all of our life's questions are answered within, and meditation is the vehicle to those answers. Listening for that deep, intuitive nudge is the only validation that's worth seeking because it's our own. When it comes to nourishing our self-esteem, there will be times where that power sways and when our confidence takes a hit. These are normal and expected turbulences of living an authentic life. But if we continue and tend to these needs, we'll grow to realize that our inner power is our greatest asset. From this place, we can accomplish anything we set our minds to and thrive. This is the practice of self-worth, and it comes in the form of receiving the love and blessings that come our way. We need to learn that we deserve all the goodness of this life. The next time you receive something, take it all in. Truly appreciate the kind word, hug, compliment, or recognition. Don't be quick to dismiss it or return it to the sender. The more you can receive, the easier it will be to believe yourself worthy of it. Welcome the perspective of others, but don't depend on them to show you the way. Only you know what is best for you, and this comes through the practice of trusting your own way by following the gentle whispers of your intuition. It will never steer you in the wrong direction. Validation is a slippery slope. It begins when we seek other people's opinions on our decisions in life, and it becomes complicated when we depend on this validation and live our life from the mode of people-pleasing and meeting others' expectations. Not only does this disempower us, but it also adds more stress, anxiety, and depression to our lives. Based on Maslow's psychological studies, We need to meet our basic needs of safety, survival, love, and a sense of belonging in our communities. This will allow us to tend to our self-esteem and listen to our intuitive guiding signals. From here, we can cut the ties of depending on validation and instead forge our own path in life and thrive along the journey. Professionally, I'm very decisive. I'm confident and direct. I have no problems asserting my opinions or ideas, but personally, it's a little different story. Does that sound familiar to anyone? On the outside, I'm confident and outspoken, but I shy away from confrontation and make decisions based on everyone else's comfort level. I'm very agreeable to the point that I consider what others think and feel before myself. Remember that support group? Yeah. It's an ongoing process. Today, it's more about catching myself during this type of behavior and reminding myself of things I've learned. How to remember that everyone can take care of themselves. That without my input, things still get done. That my feelings, my time, and my opinions are valuable. That I need to be kind to myself and realize I'm still growing and learning. My journey is not over. Where are you in your journey? Not sure if what you're doing is really crossing the line of needing validation? Well, over at ConsciousRethink.com, I found 12 examples of approval-seeking behavior and how to drop your need for validation. Do you ever wonder why you seek the approval of others so much? 
or why you feel the need to do things to please others rather than yourself. Perhaps you do it and it bothers you. I know it does me. Or perhaps you don't because you're oblivious to the fact that you do it at all. This kind of behavior can be so deeply ingrained in our psyches that we just don't see the reality that's staring us in the face. But where does it come from and what does it look like? It all starts with self-esteem or lack of it. The root cause of most approval-seeking behavior is low self-esteem. This sense of inferiority arises from many factors. Some relate to your natural personality, while others stem from external influences like your upbringing, cultural experience, education, and work life. As these build upon one another over time, the need to seek the approval of others for pretty much anything we do and say gradually intensifies. If one lacks self-belief and is generally self-critical, it would seem only natural to seek validation from others. So here are 12 examples of the types of behavior that are common when we're trying to get approval and validation. Number one, taking disagreement personally. When someone disagrees with something you've said or done, do you take it to heart as a personal slight and feel upset or even insulted? This is a classic response for a people pleaser because the quest for approval has failed. Number two, changing or adapting your point of view in the face of apparent disapproval. You voiced your opinion on some matter, important or not, and someone responds with an opposing view. Do you vigorously defend your position or find yourself softening your argument in order to fit more closely with theirs? An approval seeker's opinion changes depending on who they're talking to because they lack confidence in their own convictions and are keen not to alienate others by adopting a conflicting view. Number three, afraid to say no for fear of disapproval. Are you a serial overcommitter? Do you always say yes when asked to do something when your instinctive response is to say no? Physical and emotional exhaustion is the end result of this behavior and leads you to resent all things you've committed to. But it stems from the need to please and your quest for approval. Number four, not standing up for your own rights. Being a human doormat to be walked over by whoever chooses to do so is so much easier than saying, hey, no, that's not fair, and standing up for yourself. Failing to draw the line and say no just reinforces your lack of self-belief and even causes others to think less of you. Number five, gaining attention or acceptance through gossip. Do you feel the urge to tell tales to make yourself look better or smarter or more knowledgeable? Sharing gossip gives you the power to impress others, to be the center of attention, and to gain kudos. This temporarily bolsters your low self-esteem. Number six, appearing to agree with someone verbally, non-verbally, when you don't. How often do you find yourself listening to an enthusiastically expressed opinion that you don't agree with, but appear to agree with nothing less? By expressing support for a view you don't agree with, either with words or a nod of your head, you're not being true to yourself. You just want that person to approve of you and like you. 
complaining when you've received unsatisfactory service or goods? How many times have you moaned and groaned about the food or the service in a restaurant, but when the waiter cheerfully inquires if everything's okay, nod your head and say everything's fine and dandy? The worst you might do is leave a smaller tip, right? Or you bought something that doesn't meet your needs, but you don't have the courage to return it to the store. By not taking issue with these things, you're reinforcing your own lack of self-worth. You're telling yourself you're not entitled to the best of anything. Number eight, pretending to know or understand something. This awkward moment when someone assumes that you know something or have a particular skill. The approval seeker's default response in such a situation is to fake it. The thing is, nine times out of ten, the pretense is exposed. Sadly, as you've probably discovered, rather than gaining the approval you seek, you get condemnation and ridicule instead. Number nine, feeling the need to apologize even when there's been no disapproval. You say sorry too much. No matter what has happened and whether or not you had a hand in it, and even if no word of blame has been voiced, the people pleaser will always be the first to apologize. If there's no error or behavioral faux pas on your part, why should you feel the need to apologize? Number 10, expecting compliments or fishing for them and being upset they're not forthcoming. Few things provide the validation you desire better than a compliment. An approval seeker may set out deliberately, however, to coerce those they're interacting with into voicing praise. Often the praise is neither due or appropriate. An extension of this type of behavior is to feel upset when the compliments you desire fail to materialize. Number 11, failing to cope with any level of criticism. If your aim is to gain the approval of others, then the concept of criticism is utterly intolerable. It implies you failed in some way in achieving your goal. This response is often rooted in childhood when parental criticism or even punishment for failed goals or tasks drove us to seek approval next time. Number 12, behaving in a way that's contrary to your own beliefs. This is a typical behavior in high school, joining the gang just to be among the popular people, even if in your heart of hearts you disagree with what they say or do. That's forgivable as a teenager, but not so much when you're an adult. An approval seeker can easily find themselves in a situation where they don't follow their heart. They follow their people-pleasing head instead, even if this creates a conflict with their core beliefs. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to encourage people and believe everyone needs it. Not just craves it, but needs encouragement. It's the key to unlock someone's true potential. My pastor gave a lesson that applies to so many situations. He talked about giving away the water. Okay, just imagine a person is satisfying the needs of everyone else, feverishly handing out cups of water. This water could be compliments, encouragement, blessings, whatever you want to imagine. The giver gets depleted. Now, stop. Drink the water. You drink the water and let it flow from you to others. Nurture yourself so you have more to give to others. Take care of yourself 
so you can be a light to others. Drink the water. At happiness.com, I found five ways to develop self-validation. Most of us are great at validating others. We acknowledge their emotions, recognize effort and success, and support individualism and self-expression. However, the majority of us are equally lousy at self-validation. We all get angry, disappointed, sad, jealous, scared, demotivated. Ideally, one would accept and be able to regulate these emotions. Instead, many people immediately think, I shouldn't feel this way. I'm being ridiculous. As a result, coping with different experiences becomes exceptionally challenging. Reactions seem to be out of control. If you struggle with similar issues, you probably haven't mastered the art of self-validation. The ability or inability to validate ourselves intertwines with much of what we're going through in life. In simple terms, Self-validation is accepting our own internal experience, your thoughts and feelings. Validation and self-validation are widely acknowledged problems in psychology, philosophy, and sociology. The roots of the problem of self-validation lie in the vital human need to be recognized and supported. According to Iser's work in the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, Recognition has critical psychological importance. Others' feedback is essential for one's practical identity to form. When we are misrecognized by others, our relationship with ourselves is hindered or even destroyed. Such strength of humans' need to be validated by others led many thinkers to voice the significance of self-validation. Where is the psychologist or philosopher that would dispute the ultimate value of autonomy and authenticity? The independence that comes with the capacity to be one's own judge could be expressed with a quote by Fromm. Obedience to my own reason or conviction is not an act of submission, but one of affirmation. My conviction and my judgment, if authentically mine, are part of me. If I follow them rather than the judgment of others, I'm being myself. Why do we have a hard time self-validating? There's no definitive response to this question. A few things could have happened. Attachment style. If the inborn need to be safe, cared for, and recognized was unfulfilled, we might have become unable to self-validate. For example, you might have developed an anxious attachment style. How your parents interacted with you as a child serves as a blueprint for your adult relationships. You might not have learned to be self-sufficient and recognize your own worth. As children, we need adequate support from our caregivers to develop a sense of security about our emotions, decisions, and actions. Research reveals that people with an anxious attachment style have a strong need for social approval. In other words, they need others to validate them. Another option was that your caregivers didn't make it possible for you to mimic self-validation. When we're children, we acquire many traits and habits by modeling. If your primary attachment figure invalidated themselves, you probably learned to do the same thing. 
Research shows that emotional and behavioral self-validation and self-regulation are skills that are transferred from a parent to a child. You might also have started doubting yourself due to a traumatic experience at some point in your life. Both anecdotal reports and scientific studies confirm that being a victim of abuse, for example, could make you doubt your self-efficacy and self-worth. Most importantly, your readiness to accept, experience, and address your emotions could have been disturbed. When one is in an abusive relationship, they gradually lose their sovereignty. Self-validation becomes a distant memory. So here are five ways to develop self-validation. One, practice mindfulness. I know we say a lot about that, but mindfulness and self-validation go hand in hand. You can't validate what you don't recognize. You need to develop a non-judgmental awareness of your experiences as they happen and when they happen, validate them. Being present is the first level of validation. This means acknowledging your inner experience without avoidance or distraction. Mindfulness will help you regain grasp over your emotions and build up strength to cope with them. Two, be brutally honest with yourself. Being imperfect stings, we know. Accepting imperfection is exceptionally difficult for most people especially so if they're taught that being great at something equals being worthy. If your parents and social environment were too demanding, it might have resulted in unhealthy perfectionism. Such a form of perfectionism has adverse effects on mental health, as confirmed in empirical research. If your sense of self-worth is equated to being flawless, you might have a tough time even noticing, let alone accepting, your blemishes. Number three, develop your emotional intelligence. Although there are a few relevant emotional intelligence models, Goleman's work is among the most popular. He proposes that EI consists of five constructs, self-awareness, self-regulation, social skill, which is being able to get along with others, empathy, and motivation. You can notice how EI is necessary for your ability to self validate. With EI comes the ability to reflect on your experiences and emotions. Luckily, EI is a skill that can be learned. Therefore, to master self-validation, start developing your EI. Number four, connect with your body's responses. Some people have grown so detached from their inner world that they need to tap into their bodily reactions first. In this regard, some elements of body-centered psychotherapies could be used. According to this group of approaches to psychotherapy, the body is not just something we have. We are our bodies. Mindfulness and self-validation go hand in hand. You can't validate what you don't recognize. You need to develop a non-judgmental awareness of your experiences as they happen and when they happen. This means we live as a whole, as an inseparable totality of body and mind. When we learn to validate who we are and what we experience, we should include our body's responses into the equation. Where are your emotions? What does your body do when you feel a certain way? How does it respond to people and events? What is it trying to tell you about yourself? Number five. 
Self-validate by acknowledging your past experiences. The final piece of advice in developing self-validation skills is to learn to validate yourself by acknowledging your past experiences. They fused within yourself and made you who you are. You now need to practice recognizing both positive and adverse experiences and their consequences. How will this help you practice self-validation? Let's say that you had an intense reaction to your partner's criticism of something you did. Try not to think you acted like a cuckoo there. You could self-validate this reaction by saying, it's understandable that you felt this way. Your mother or father would punish you harshly for failures, and you're still overly sensitive to criticism. Such a validation doesn't mean that you condone erratic behavior. It means that you allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. You also name the emotion and understand its cause. These are the first steps to get into a self-validating mindset. Additionally, these are the first steps towards growing as a person. Self-validation is freedom. Freedom to experience life as it is. Yes, the ugliness too. It gives you self-determination in picking your path. You get to do it independently of others' influence, be it conscious or subconscious. When you learn to rely on yourself for validation, you gain the liberty to be genuine and own your experiences. Therefore, in the spirit of autonomy that we are propagating here, we invite you, acknowledge yourself and allow your authentic self to exist. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they are not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, drink the water. You are enough and you have enough, and what you offer is valuable. Look within to self-satisfy and meet your basic needs before seeking validation and acceptance from others. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges.